Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Cooking oil, which includes several vegetable oils, are all expected to be in shorter supply over the next few months. The most utilized vegetable oil, palm oil, has gone up 50%, and canola oil is up by about 55%. Every restaurant and most consumer kitchens use vegetable oils. Major food companies use vegetable oils to make both dry and baked goods. Pasta, chocolate, cookies, and mayonnaise all contain vegetable oil. Dr. Sylvan Charlebon, director of Dalhousie University's Agri-Food Lab, tracks agriculture, agribusiness, and food distribution systems globally. He says the impending global vegetable oil shortage is a perfect storm of weather and political events. Charlebon says cooking ingredients like canola oil, sunflower oil, and palm oil tend to be taken for granted, and shortages of those things always take us by the most surprise. Vegetable oil is probably the one ingredient that we take for granted, but it's in many, many food products we buy because of everything going on right now. It's the perfect storm. There's the Ukrainian conflict impacting sunflower oil. And with palm oil, palm oil is in many, many different products we buy every single day. And Indonesia's decision to halt exports is quite problematic. Things are much tighter. Canada, the world's largest canola grower and exporter, is feeling the effects of last year's poor crop. The prairie provinces, where the vast majority of canola acres are grown, had the crop cut sharply by drought last year, and much of that region continues to suffer from dry weather. Canola reserves are so low that Canada has had to import canola products to meet its own demands. I don't believe it has happened before, which really points to how critical the situation is. And if you've looked at some of the growing conditions in Alberta and Saskatchewan, things are still quite dry and canola requires a lot of moisture. So far, it's not looking great. Then there is soybean oil. It's hoped the U.S. and Canada could produce a large crop this year because the situation in South America does not look promising. Argentina, Paraguay, and Brazil have all experienced major droughts with resulting poor production in recent years. Soybean oil is another key ingredient exported a lot around the world. But again, we are expecting production to be impacted by continuing droughts in South America. And so supplies are going to be very low. So according to Dr. Charlebois, many items on your favorite restaurant menu will also cost more in the near future. In the restaurant industry in Canada, we do use a lot of vegetable oil, and it's the same in the United States. So we are expecting restaurant operators to have to pay way more for their vegetable oil. Again, that's Dr. Sylvan Charlebois with Dalhousie University. Well, experts say farmers should get used to paying 5 or $6 for a gallon of diesel fuel. Prices set new records this past week, and they're unlikely to recede significantly before it's time to fill up combines. On May 13th, the national average retail diesel price was $5.56 per gallon, according to AAA. That's $2.42 more expensive than the average price last year. Nationally, diesel inventory is 20% to 25% below the three-year average, but the regional disparities are far greater, according to Brian Milney, DT editor and energy analyst. East Coast diesel stocks are 50% below the three-year average, while Midwest inventory is only down 16%. Jason Schwartz, senior vice president of refined fuels at CHS, said Europe's pivot away from Russian fuel amid the war in Ukraine is driving up demand for U.S. exports, compounding shortages that begin with increased trucking demand in the pandemic. Schwartz told DTN, quote, I don't see this problem going away. The U.S. is short diesel fuel. I don't really see diesel fuel usage slowing down. So these high diesel prices are going to be around, I think, until the fall. And Schwartz, who also farms near Plainview, Minnesota, said it's one more piece of a challenging spring planting season. 
Overall, consumer prices during April were 8.3% higher than last year, and America's families can expect inflation to continue pressuring their wallets for the next few years. That conclusion is from American Farm Bureau's economists who analyzed the inflation numbers in their latest market intel report. And they expect inflation to stay above 5 or 6% for the foreseeable future. The report says too much money was created by the Federal Reserve Bank mostly in 2020, and it's inevitably turning into inflation. The report also says the Fed injected $6.4 trillion into the economy between March of 2020 and the end of 2021, a 42% increase in the money supply in 22 months, which is too much money to be absorbed by economic growth. The North American Meat Institute says the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis recent report distorts the truth about the meat and poultry industry's efforts to protect workers from COVID. The report says meat packers worked with the Trump administration to make sure they could stay open during the pandemic. Julie Anna Potts is president and CEO of the North American Meat Institute, the National Trade Association for the Meat and Poultry Packers and Processors. She says, quote, The meat industry and its member companies voluntarily provided hundreds of thousands of pages to the committee. The report ignores the rigorous and comprehensive measures companies enacted to protect employees and support their critical infrastructure workers, end quote. She also says the meat industry spent billions of dollars to reverse COVID-19's trajectory, adding, quote, the committee uses 2020 hindsight and cherry picks data to support a narrative that doesn't tell the whole story of the early days of a national emergency, end quote. An American Farm Bureau official says the U.S. and China want to reduce or drop Trump-era tariffs on a range of goods, possibly including farm goods, but a deal is not in the bag yet. AFB Senior Director of Congressional Relations Dave Salmonson says both sides have signaled an interest in reducing the tariffs, but there's still a big question that must be answered first. We'll then, of course, question the Chinese, reciprocate, and then reduce or eliminate some of the tariffs that they put on in retaliation for when the U.S. put tariffs on all those Chinese imports back in 2018. As for agriculture... These Chinese retaliatory tariffs affected agriculture. Of course, we all saw the big downturn in sales to China in uh, 2018 and 2019. They since have granted waivers, and so our, our exports to China came back. But the tariff regime still exists, meaning they could put some of these... Um, high tariffs back on U.S. products anytime. And while the Phase 1 China deal helped, China did not grant waivers to some ag products like ethanol and distillers dried grains. On balance, though, Salmonson says things have improved. And, of course, now our exports have rebounded. Last year, we exported over $35 billion to China in agricultural products. So uh, it still hangs out there. Trade is happening, but uh, we're all in favor of trying to get out from under this tariff regime. President Biden sees that as a way to reduce inflation and his administration will consider public input from those hurt or helped by the tariffs and make a decision in the coming weeks. The U.S. tariffs on everything from steel and diapers to furniture and solar panels will start to expire in July. And lastly, here on American Ag Today, representatives from Zoetis presented the company's first donation to Folds of Honor to help support their work honoring America's military heroes. Based in Oklahoma, Folds of Honor provides academic scholarships to the families of men and women who have fallen or been disabled while serving in the U.S. Armed Forces. Jared Shriver, Senior Vice President of U.S. Cattle and Pork at Zoetis, presented a donation totaling $122,000 to Folds of Honor on May 11th. Folds of Honor was founded in 2007 by Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney, a fighter pilot who served three combat tours in Iraq. 
And that's going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today. We hope you've had a great week. Thanks for joining us. American Ag Today presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.